off and the clock has started. Here we go. Greetings, everybody. Welcome to 20 Minutes You'll Never Get Back. My name is still Doug Prezak. <laughs> and uh, this is episode 103. A quick question for you. Have you listened to the other 102? <laughs> Just wondering. Okay, let's see here. Oh, a quick recap of last week's episode. I went on and on how rightfully or wrongfully the word French is added to things. Guess who didn't listen to that episode? <laughs> That's right. Nobody from France. I know, France, I was throwing you a solid here. <laughs> I was backing you up. Man, let me look at my list. So yeah, uh, Adelaide, Australia, Oakland, California, Taylor, Michigan, Frankfurt, Vienna, and of course, Santiago, just to name a few. But as of today, nobody from France listened to that episode. <laughs> However, somebody in Paris did listen to the episode uh, about the Cup of Joe, so maybe they're just catching up. <laughs> we'll see. On a uh, sort of related note, as of this recording, we are inching ever so close, so close to another fabricated milestone in my mind. Since I started this little show, there have been 9,862 downloads. That means just 138 more, and we hit, all of us, 10,000. You and me, because you guys are as much part of this thing as I am. You know, If I could, I would send all of you a, a 20 minutes you'll never get back t-shirt. I would but they don't exist. So sorry. What else? Oh, and I still want to thank Shauna in Lincoln, California for supporting the show with her donation. You can too. If you'd like, you don't have to, uh, dot forward slash 20 minutes. It's all there. All right, let's get on with the show. Now, in case you haven't noticed, <laughs> How could you not? We have officially entered the Hallow Thanksmas season. <laughs> Every store, it's an assault on the color spectrum. Orange and purple, and then brown and more orange, then a lot of green and <laughs> red. But thanks to uh, Hallow Thanksmas season, I basically have a couple more months of topics. <laughs> so let's start here. Halloween has been around for more than a couple thousand years. It was originally a religious observance, but over the centuries, the religious aspect has all but disappeared, and you know what we're left with. Halloween's origins can be traced back to the ancient Celtic festival known as Samhain, and that is spelled, <laughs> this, no, I'm not kidding you, it's spelled S-A-M-H-A-I-N. I had to look up the pronunciation, and it's pronounced Samhain. <laughs> Go figure. The Celts lived a couple thousand years ago, mostly in the area that's now Ireland, the United Kingdom, and northern France. They celebrated their new year on November the 1st. This day marked the end of summer and the harvest and the beginning of the dark, cold winter at a time that was often associated with human death. <laughs> Happy thoughts. The Celts believe that on the night before the new year, the boundary between the worlds of the living and the dead became blurred. On the night of October 31st, they celebrated Samhain when it was believed that the ghosts of the dead returned to earth. It was believed that ghosts came back to the earthly world and people thought that they would encounter ghosts if they left their homes. Now, to avoid being recognized by these ghosts, people would wear masks when they left their homes because that will fool those ghosts. They would wear the masks after dark so the ghosts would mistake them for fellow spirits. They also lit bonfires to ward off the spirits. When the celebration was over, they relit their hearth fires from the sacred bonfire to help protect them from the coming winter. 
By 43 AD, the Roman Empire had conquered the majority of the Celtic territory. In the 400 years that they ruled the Celtic lands, two festivals of Roman origin were combined with the traditional Celtic celebration of Samhain. The first was Feralia. Now that was a day in late October when the Romans traditionally commemorated the passing of the dead. The second was a day to honor Pomona, the Roman goddess of fruits and trees. The symbol of Pomona is an apple, and the incorporation of this celebration into the Samhain probably explains the tradition of bobbing for apples, this practice on Halloween. (laughs) Have you ever bobbed for apples? I did one time when I was 10, nearly drowned. (laughs) Thanks a lot, Mom. (laughs) On May 13th, 609 AD, Pope Boniface IV dedicated the Pantheon in Rome to honor all Christian martyrs and the Catholic Feast of All Martyrs Day that was established in the Western Church. Pope Gregory III later expanded the festival to include all saints as well as all martyrs and moved the observance from May 13th to November 1st, and it became All Saints Day. Fairly soon after that, All Saints Day incorporated some of the traditions of Samhain. The evening before was known as All Hallows' Eve, which later became Halloween. (laughs) Ooh, dramatics. Though the holiday began in the Celtic regions of Ireland and the UK and France, it quickly spread to other parts of the world. Now, the first American colonists in New England were forbidden, forbidden, I tell you, (laughs) to celebrate it for religious reasons, although it was popular in the southern colonies. In the late 1800s, America was flooded with new immigrants. Now, these immigrants, especially the millions of Irish fleeing the Irish potato famine, they helped to popularize the celebration of Halloween nationally. As the beliefs and customs of different European ethnic groups and the American Indians meshed, a distinctly American version of Halloween began to emerge. The first celebrations included what are called play parties. These were public events held to celebrate the harvest. Neighbors would share stories of the dead, because apparently that's what you do at harvest (laughs) harvest parties, tell each other fortunes, sing, and dance. Colonial Halloween festivities also featured the telling of ghost stories and mischief-making of all kinds. By the middle of the 19th century, annual autumn festivals were common, but Halloween was not quite yet celebrated everywhere in the country. Irish and Scottish communities revived the old world custom of guising, or the practice of being in disguise. See the connection there? Yeah. Someone would dress in costume and tell a joke, recite a poem, or perform some other trick in exchange for a piece of fruit or other treat. This is the practice that eventually became today's trick-or-treating tradition. Children dressing up in costumes and soliciting treats from neighbors became popular in the United States in the early 20th century. Parents were encouraged by newspapers and community leaders to take anything, quote, frightening or grotesque out of Halloween celebrations. Because of these efforts, Halloween lost most of its superstitious and religious overtones by the beginning of the 20th century. Now, by the 1920s and 30s, Halloween had become a community-centered holiday with parades and town-wide Halloween parties as featured entertainment. By the 1950s, Halloween had evolved into a holiday directed mainly at the young. Due to the high numbers of young children during the 50s baby boom, 
Yes, I resemble that remark. <laughs> Parties moved from the town centers into the classroom or the home where they could be easily more accommodated. Now, trick-or-treating was a relatively inexpensive way for an entire community to share the Halloween celebration. In theory, families could also prevent tricks being played on them by providing the neighborhood children with some small treats. And with all of that, a new American tradition was born, and it has continued to grow. Today, Americans spend an estimated $6 billion annually in Halloween, making it the country's second largest commercial holiday after Christmas. And speaking of commercial successes, one quarter of all the candy sold annually in the United States is purchased for Halloween. And more people are buying costumes for their pets. Americans spent nearly $500 million, <laughs> $500 million on costumes for their pets in 2021, more than double what they spent in 2010. <laughs> $500 million on costumes for the pets. <laughs> like the pets know what's going on. You can just hear little Fido grousing. Why am I wearing a cape and rabbit ears? <laughs> Why do people dress up their pets? But if you do, that's okay. Okay, it's time for a short break. And when I come back, Halloween is just not an American event. Nope. Just how is Halloween celebrated in some other countries? And I have the list of the top Halloween candies for 2022. And if you want to keep your house from getting egged, under no circumstances, hand out black licorice. <laughs> I'll be right back. When was the last time you were scared out of your wits by a movie? Halloween, the motion picture about the most terrifying night of the year. Halloween, the night three teenage girls discover the real trick is to stay alive. Halloween, the night he came home. From Compass International Pictures, rated R. Oh, come on. You didn't expect anything less for a commercial break, did you? <laughs> you had to see that one coming. <laughs> All right, let's get back into it. We know immigrants brought the Samhain Halloween traditions to the United States, but is Halloween celebrated in other countries? Well, of course it is. Duh. Let me be up front right here right now. <laughs> I'm about to tell you how Halloween is celebrated in some other countries. Now, if you're from these countries and you completely disagree... I am just the messenger. I, you, I blame the research, which comes from ohistory.com and a few other places. I didn't make this stuff up, okay? If it's wrong, blame them, not me. My lawyers told me to say all that. <laughs> I say we bump this up with some music. All right, seeing as how the origin of the modern-day Halloween traces back to the ancient Celts, we're going to start with Ireland. For the Irish, it's not just about the candy but a sweet bread called Barnbrock, which serves as the official Halloween dessert. England already has a holiday on November 5th called Guy Fawkes Day. He's the guy, and that's where we actually get the term guy. He's the guy who tried to blow up the English Parliament and the King James I in 1605, but that's a whole different story. In recent years, the American trick-or-treating custom, together with costumes and going door-to-door -door for candy, has become relatively popular pastime among English children at Halloween. Unfortunately, 
many of the adults of the older generation have little idea as to why they're being asked for candy and they're usually ill-prepared to accommodate the trick-or-treaters. <laughs> Mexico and Spain are famous for Dia de los Muertos, which is the Day of the Dead, in case you haven't seen the Pixar movie. It's an annual celebration from October 31st to November 2. In the villages, parades are held and people dress as skeletons and dance in the streets. Locals build private altars called ofrendas, and they're used to present gifts to the dead. The gifts traditionally range from sugar skulls to, te to tequila. Excellent gifts. In Germany, traditionally, people put away their knives on Halloween night. The reason for this is because they don't want to risk harm to or from the returning spirits. Halloween has become increasingly popular in Germany, as well as a significant rise in costume buying. Regional pumpkin festivals are now a common sight from mid-September onwards. France. Although the Halloween itself isn't widely celebrated in France, All Saints Day on November 1st is. Halloween in France is usually celebrated by costume people of all ages going to parties at friends' homes, restaurants, bars, and clubs. The costumes themselves tend to be traditionally scary rather than the cute costumes like princesses and superheroes. It's less about the candy and more about the party. How about in Austria? In Austria, some people will leave bread, water, and a lighted lamp on the table before retiring on Halloween night. It was once believed that these would welcome the dead souls back to earth on a night that Austrians considered to be magical. The Czechoslovakians have a unique take on Halloween. Chairs are placed by the fireside on Halloween night. There is one chair for each living family member and one chair for each family member's spirit. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. The Swedish Halloween celebration is known as Alla Helgensdag, and that's celebrated from October 31st until November the 6th. Alla Helgensdag has an eve, which is either celebrated or becomes a shortened work day. The Friday prior to All Saints Day is a short day for universities, while school-age children are given a day of vacation. <laughs> Halloween in Brazil is known as Dias das Bruxas, which is Witches' Day, and is celebrated in a much more low-key way than in the U.S. However, in 2003, a new holiday was created called Sasai Day. In Brazilian folklore, Sasai is a one-legged forest sprite who grants wishes to children on his national day, October 31st. What a coincidence. It was introduced as a national alternative to Halloween, which focuses on Brazil's own culture and heritage and is celebrated on the same day as Halloween. It's widely regarded as a form of gentle resistance to the growing cultural Americanization. Ouch. In Italy, families bake a special Halloween cake called Osa Dea Morte. On All Saints Day itself, the cake is placed on the center of the table and a feast is arranged around it. Now this symbolizes the belief that the souls of the dead will join those of the living to enjoy the wonderful food together. After the meal, when the family leaves for church, the doors of the houses are traditionally left open to grant access to ancestors and loved ones who have passed away. <laughs> Someone needs to check the crime rate there. <laughs> I know, I probably left your country off the list. My apologies, but I only have 20 minutes and now I only have, I only have five and a half minutes left. I really do need to get to the Halloween candy for 2022, so my apologies. 
Oh, I can tell you right now, the show is going to run longer than 20 minutes. So you need to get somewhere, hit pause, and you can always come back <laughs> and listen to it. If you have time, let's keep going. Now, I didn't make up this list. It's a huge merge from some sources, including candystore.com. They're the ones who supply candy to pretty much all the retailers. Consumer Reports, because, you know, they rank everything. Uh, Reddit, Good Housekeeping, Market Watch, uh, Thrillist, and a couple more. So I took all the ranking from all these lists, and I averaged out the scores, and here you go. Now, I already mentioned that the black licorice was named as the worst candy to hand out. And I say not just the worst to hand out, but also the worst of all time. Yeah, and that's followed closely by Good and Plenty, a box of pink and white licorice candy. You know, I got fooled by their deceptive coloring when I was 10, and never again, Good and Plenty, it's not going to happen. <laughs> also on the worst list, I don't agree with this one at all, are Circus Peanuts. I love Circus Peanuts. You know, those orange squishy, oh, they're so good. Smarties, I can take them or leave them, and Necco Wafers. Who doesn't love a good neck of wafers? What's wrong with you people? But anyway, here is now the top 10 Halloween candies of 2022. Number 10, and right off the bat, we have the most controversial candy. But I have to go with the numbers, and coming in at number 10 is candy corn. Hey, 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 stop it. I love candy corn. I wish I had some right now. <laughs> candy corn is specifically associated with Halloween. And yeah, the Christmas uh, version pops up every now and then. I suspect nostalgia, not just mine, moved this to the top 10. But I'm glad to see it there. If you don't like these little gems of orange, white, and yellow, then you probably will agree with this food critic who says, quote, it's ultimately an awful little concoction whose waxy texture corrupts any flavor it's designed to taste like. Basically, they're triangular trick-or-treat terrorists. <laughs> Ow. Number nine, Reese's Pieces. Thanks, E.T., Number eight is the Twix bar. Now, the Twix bar was launched in 1967 in the UK, but it didn't land on American soil until nearly the end of the 70s. It pretends that you're only going to eat half of it, so they conveniently made it easy to break in half. <laughs> yeah, sure. We have a tie at number seven. The first number seven candy is Hershey Kisses. I have no idea why this one is number seven. It's just a chunk of chocolate wrapped in some aluminum foil. But also at number seven is Snickers. Now, that's a legitimate number seven right there. Caramel, salty peanuts, nougat, whatever nougat is, all wrapped up in chocolate. Now, in case you were wondering, the Snickers bar was named after the family's favorite horse. It first came on the scene in the 1930s. Now, a gold star goes out to any of you out there handing out full-size Snickers or any other candy bar. Not those little BS snack size things. But beware, social media happens very quickly and you'll be out of that candy in three minutes. Trust me. Number six, uh, Starburst. Yeah, that's great if you're 12. Number five, we have another tie, Sour Patch Kids. Again, great if you're 12. But the other number five is Butterfinger. Butterfinger makes a mess because all that cho chocolate breaks off and gets on your clothes. And then the other half of it gets stuck in your teeth, but damn, it's good. Number four is Kit Kat. And here's a little something that'll be stuck in your head for a few hours. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, I'm not. Number three, the classic M&Ms. You know where they melt and where they don't. <laughs> Number two. Oh, we're getting so close to the end, aren't we? Number two, Skittles. I was really surprised to see this one come in at number two. 
I personally think that they should be somewhere around number 34 or number 35 right behind uh, hot tamales but it's not what i think it's what you think and apparently a lot of you like to taste the rainbow <laughs> oh and here we are we're at number one coming in at number one the top candy for 2022 reese's peanut butter cups you know, when your trick-or-treat haul includes Reese's peanut butter cups with the uh, jagged edges, the full size, or even the little ones, you've hit the mother load. <laughs> That's my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. Reese's peanut butter cups embody the golden standard for all Halloween candy. They were created on November 15, 1928 by H.B. Reese. Good old H.B. was a former dairy farmer and then a shipping foreman for the Milton Hershey Company. Reese left his job with Hershey to start his own candy business. And here's a little fact for you. They were originally called Penny Cups because that's what it cost to buy them in 1928. So there you go. Now you know what all those little denizens of the Halloween night are hoping for. Just not black licorice. All right. What have we learned in episode 103? Well, we learned that the Celts are responsible for all of this. We learned that you all spent nearly $500 million on costumes for your pets because I sure as hell didn't. We learned that Sasai is a one-legged forest sprite. I don't know, I guess he just hops around. And we learned that a Snickers bar was named after a horse. <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and coming back after the break. I do appreciate it, really. And I will talk to you next time in a couple weeks on 20 Minutes. You'll never get back. Bye-bye. Hi, it's me again, Doug. I want to take up a couple more seconds of your time just to remind you, if you want to stay informed of when uh, the next podcast is posted, all you need to do is sign up at uh, on that Instagram machine. It's at uh, 20MYNGB. 20 MYNGB, and that means 20 minutes you'll never get back. Uh, if you sign up there, you'll uh, always see when the next podcast is uploaded. And if you want to leave some comments, by all means, please do go to the uh, website at 20minutespodcast.com. So it's 20minutespodcast.com, and uh, you can uh, leave your comments there. It also tells you how you can be an announcer for the show. So Take, take a look at those two things if you'd like and stay informed. And I'll, as always, thank you very much for listening to uh, 20 Minutes. You'll never get back. Bye-bye.